You know those awesome fights that end way too soon? The ones that should have been five rounders or were just so fun that everyone watching was begging for one more round? Well, these are not those fights, at least not necessarily. No, today is all about fighters who had they been given five more minutes, they probably would have turned the tide of a loss because wow, did they ever finish strong. So let's look at what might have been for 10 fighters who simply ran out of time. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. A huge thank you to the biggest channel supporters in our Hall of Famers. And these are 10 fights that desperately needed one more round. Number 10, Valentina Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunes won. If we only knew that when number 10 bantamweight Valentina Shevchenko was taking on number 4 bantamweight Amanda Nunes in 2016, that the fight was going to be between two all-time greats, maybe we would have made it five rounds, and maybe that would have been a big problem for the Lioness. Now, it is not in dispute who won this fight, unlike their later rematch for the title, which many contend should have gone to the bullet. This time, it was clearly 2-1, to one, and in fact, there were many arguing that the second could have been a 10-8. That's how well Nunes was doing in the first 10 minutes of the fight, but Val finally got things going in the third and rocked Amanda with a big elbow on the ground early. The pressure would continue and she looked like she'd finally found her rhythm. She finished strong and Nunez looked dead tired. Had this one been a five-rounder, given the state of the two fighters, this could have absolutely gone Shevchenko's way. And given their status in the sport, it's really a shame we haven't seen 10 rounds between them, or honestly 15, but hey, I'm greedy. Number 9. Jan Blahovic versus Magomed Ankalaev. Is there anything worse than a vacant title fight ending in a draw? Truly the stuff of nightmares. It's happened twice now in the UFC, unbelievably. Even worse, this one, Ankh versus Jan, featured a whole bunch of nothing and was entirely dismissed by Dana White afterwards. I don't even know. I started to zone out after like fucking three rounds, so. Instead awarding the next title shot to now champion Jamal Hill. I mean, ah! Done. Which probably makes sense in your mind if the fight was a draw, but it really shouldn't have been. And Goliath was absolutely the winner, as pretty much all media agreed on. But even worse, if the guy would have had a sixth round, he probably would have got the stop and saved this fight from being the disappointment that it was. Over the course of the last five minutes, Magomed outstruck Jan 18-0 with four minutes 50 seconds of control time. Jan was definitely in big trouble and got bailed out by the bell and the judges. He even said after the fight in the cage that he thought he didn't win. Regardless, maybe one more round would have made a real winner, but everybody came out of this one looking lesser, unfortunately. Number 8. Michael Chandler versus Benson Henderson. There is not enough said about how awesome Michael Chandler's fights were in Bellator, probably because nobody watches Bellator but as exciting as the guy has been in the UFC, he's had some barn burners back in Cokerville. His wars with Eddie Alvarez were absolute classics, and while far more often than not, the Chand man came out on top, as he did in this fight with Benson Henderson, oh man, there was trouble. The bout was for Mike's lightweight strap, and he started it off like he starts off every fight, fast and in his opponent's face, smothering him with shots and grappling. He was close to maybe closing it out right then and there, he landed a sweet suplex, the dude was rolling in the first five minutes. Easily could have been a 10-8, and it was on a single scorecard. As the fight progressed, the consensus was that Chandler was up 4-0 going into the fifth, but as the commentary team noted, Mike looked pretty bad at the horn after just escaping a crucifix to end the fourth. Yet, you look at Michael Chandler now and look at Ben Henderson, and the fifth round is where he lives and breathes. And so it was in the final round, exhausted and beat up, that Henderson went for broke, scoring a 10-8 on one judge's card, which would ultimately make this one a split win for Iron Mike. But the way things were going, if Henderson had just one more round to work, it looked 
looked like he might have been able to put this one away. Number seven, Mark Hominick versus Jose Aldo. You know, it's funny, when we talked about this entry in our writers' meeting, both Jason and I's recollection of the moment was that it wasn't as significant as people were making it, it was more so the crowd, but upon watching it again, maybe there was some fire to this smoke. Regardless, it was the absolute peak of Mark Hominick's career. A featherweight title challenge against the greatest fighter in the world at the time, Jose Aldo, in front of 56,000 fellow Canadians, and he was on top and raining down shots as time expired. And whether he would have won in a sixth or not, this is a great example of someone I'm sure who was wishing they had one more round to work, because while we can see that by Mr. Mark's head, he was not doing so hot for the better part of the full 25 minutes, and it wasn't even clear that he won the fifth, as Joe Rogan pointed out, Jose looked incredibly tired as he was getting pounded with 20 ground strikes over the course of the final minute. Both would do push-ups immediately after the final horn to let the fans know that they were good to go. But if you look at Aldo, he was not. You could see it on his face. I'm not saying Hominick wins that fight if there is a sixth, but it definitely would have been interesting. Sorry, Canada. At least GSP won. Number six, Fabricio Verdum versus Alistair Overeem 3. The Reem and the Joker have had a long and storied history with three bouts that spanned three different promotions over the course of over a decade. They first met in pride with Fabricio getting the win in the second round via Kimura. Next up was their Strikeforce fight five years later. This time in Uberim form, Alistair would get the UD. Add another six years and their third fight would go down in the UFC at International Fight Week, and it was a doozy. Round one was close, but everybody gave it to Overeem. Round two, not so much, a clear 10-9 for the Dutch kickboxer. All three judges had Reem up both rounds going into the final act, and Alistair was looking very good against the division's number one ranked guy. The first bit of trouble came with three minutes left when Fabricio dropped the demolition man after two hard shots and a nasty knee. Smelling blood, the Brazilian went hard for the remainder of the round, battering Reem on the ground from top position and earning a 10-8 on one judge's card. And it looked like if Verdum had five more minutes, there would have been a stop. The 10-8 made the fight a draw on that judge's card, giving Overeem the majority decision. Much debate about scoring would come from this fight as a result of a close first and a dominant third being essentially the same score, but really it came down to Vicavalo just not having enough time. Number five, Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. It's probably the first fight you thought of when you saw the title of this list, and for very good reason. Going into this one, I don't think most had illusions of Diaz dominance, but hoped for another Connor-style upset to derail the welterweight title momentum of Leon Edwards. But Rocky had been fighting so clean and so smart over the course of his nine-fight unbeaten streak that it just didn't look like there was going to be any openings. Going into the fifth, he'd clearly taken every round prior, and up to the last minute, he was going to win the fifth too. Then bam, Nate smokes him and suddenly Leon is on wobbly legs. After taking time to point and laugh, hey, I got your hat, Diaz did go back on the offensive and through the last minute was applying serious pressure. Given how hurt Edwards was and the Diaz family's unlimited gas tank, it's safe to say that another round would have been incredibly interesting and had that shot landed at the end of the fourth instead, we might have been seeing Diaz Usman for the welterweight strap. Number four, Yoel Romero versus Robert Whitaker 2. The rematch between Sir Bobbert Knuckles and Yoel Romero was one for the ages. Probably would have meant more if God's soldier could have made champ weight, but that's neither here nor there. When the dust had settled on this one, there was considerable debate about the scorecard, split three ways with most having it for Bobby, some for Yoel, and a good amount of people that felt the whole thing was a draw. With so much ambiguity about who should have gotten the victory, a sixth round would have been helpful from a practical standpoint. I'm sure Romero would have loved it considering he had the champ hurt badly in the fifth and in survival mode by the final horn. But if there's anything that Robert Whitaker's 50 minutes locked in the cage with the scariest human being on the planet has taught us, it's that the dude is tougher than an Aussie Eastern brown snake and no finish against that man is ever guaranteed. Number three, 
Islam Mahachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. There were a lot of fans asking for one more round after Volk versus Islam, and when they didn't get it, they were asking for the decision to be overturned. Now look, I'm not gonna get into the scoring of this super fight. That can of worms shall remain canned. Full disclosure though, I thought Islam had a very legitimate argument for earning the victory as he did, but that's not what's important for this list. What is important is that there was a huge momentum shift in the latter part of the fight, and all of that momentum belonged to Bushwhacker Alex. So much so that he would end out the fifth on top, raining down hellfire until the final horn. Now, Islam only had to survive 25 minutes, and he did so. But without question, if you told me I had to bet the entire contents of my bank account on who would have got the victory if there was a sixth round, I'd have picked Volkanovski without hesitation. Number two, Dan Henderson versus Shogun Hua won. You won't hear too many fans saying they didn't want another round of this bout considering it's a contender for the greatest fight of all time, but nobody would have been more happy about that than Shogun Hua. This Hall of Fame back and forth epic would turn into a one-sided slaughter for the final five minutes, with Hua on top for all of it dog-walking Hendo. If someone were to ask what is the clearest example of a 10-8 round in mixed martial arts, you'd struggle to find anything more clear than what was on offer in those last five minutes, which is what makes the judge's decision all the more insane. Not a single one of them scored that round a 10-8, and as a result, Dan Henderson was given a unanimous decision victory when in reality it should have absolutely been a draw. It is one of the most baffling scorecards the sport has ever produced, and as a result, the two legends would run it back, albeit three years later. Number one, Demetrius Johnson versus Ian McCall. Okay, so not only does this fight make sense for number one because there literally needed to be another round, as in like it should have taken place, we'll get to that in a minute, but also to the spirit of this list, Mighty Mouse, one of the greatest fighters ever, was in massive trouble as the final horn sounded. So this was the semi-final for the flyweight tournament to crown the division's first champion in the UFC, and a stipulation had been put in place that if a fight went to a draw, there would be a sudden victory round to keep the tournament going forward. And there was a draw. Go look at either fighter's Wikipedia page. It says draw. So why didn't we get the fourth round? Well, the commission added up the cards wrong and gave the win to Johnson. Uh, what was that? Yeah, they did math wrong. Not like complex math, like fucking John Nash, Goodwill hunting shit, basic addition. It was a bit of an unfortunate situation. Um, I take full responsibility. Uh, for the error that was incurred. Unfortunately, I misread one of the scorecards which was transpired onto the tally sheet. We should have gone into that fourth round and I sincerely apologise to both fighters, to Dana and to every single fan of the UFC. There was uh, one, one judge actually scored the round at 10-8. It was popped down onto the tally card as a 10-9 round. Boy, have you lost your mind because I'll help you find it. And so in the moment, the win was given to Johnson. They only realised there was an issue after everybody had already left the cage. Oops. Even worse for the unluckiest fighter in history, Ian McCall, he was destroying Johnson as the last seconds expired with the ref ready to stop the fight. But he didn't, though. Man, that is seriously some bad luck for Uncle Creepy. You know who always brings me good luck, though? The editor of this video, Luke Taylor. Please show him all the love on his social medias. He really is just a swell guy. As is Ben Rosette, who provided the soundtrack yet again. But my biggest thank yous go to our channel champions. If you love On Point and want even more exclusive content, or want to have a voice in the creation process for our videos, Consider becoming a member by clicking the join button below the video. There it is. If not, no biggie, but liking and subscribing would really help us out too. What are some other fights that needed just one more round and the loser would have got the win? Talk about it in the comments. I'd love to hear. Oh, and uh, thank you so much for watching, guys. It's always fun when you stop by. Come around again sometime.